DJ Leroy. Night Watchman. How you doing, buddy? Hey, summertime and the living is easy. You know what? Uh, I've got on something light because you know what? Humidity is high. That's right. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So uh, how was your week? Uh, Week was good. Week was good. You know, as you know, one of our good friends uh, came back from across the pond to hang out with us. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, why was he across the pond? Because that's where he lives. <laughs> really, hold on. You, 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 you cannot be talking. Oh, I thought you were talking about good old uh, Glenn Gilliam, but instead you're talking about Ron Critchlow. Wah, wah, mm-hmm. wah. And you're talking about, of course, with uh, South of France. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it, loving it. Well, you know what? Since we already called his name, what do we bring out this guy? Uh, and that, of course, is LL Cool G. <laughs> bring him out. Hey, what's up, buddy? I mean, you know, you guys are the best. Ron Critchlow, though. My God. Yes, yes. He, cool. He's in town actually doing a Wimbledon event in uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park. When? When is that happening? Happening as we speak right now. I think he is here until the 23rd. We'll get you more information, okay? So hold that thought right there. Okay. So, uh, uh, Night Watchman, what else we got going on, huh? Because I literally want to talk about, I want to talk about books and literature what about you um yes i mean reading is fundamental <laughs> as you know <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's actually critical and i don't mean race theory <laughs> uh, wow, wow. <laughs> i was afraid it was going on yes 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 well well you know what uh let me let me then first bring out because remember we do not necessarily have enough um uh, reading establishments. I'm talking about bookstores mm-hmm. in our community. What do you think, man? Well, there's one that we do have that I think is legendary, and um, let's bring them out. All right, right. Bring out Jennifer Wilson, Sisters Uptown Bookstore. Welcome. Holding Thank it down you. for us. Morning. Yeah. Good afternoon. Right. Evening. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. We're, 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 we're covering it all. We're covering it all. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Oh, Lord. So what What was this at one point? Uh, I, I think it may have been, uh, been that big bookstore down on uh, 18th Street, uh, Barnes & Noble, who basically uh, their reluctance to put a bookstore in Harlem is because black folk don't read. Is that correct? Well, listen, about 23 years ago, I live in the community of now called Washington Heights, but I'll always claim Harlem because yes. we're at the end of Harlem on 155. We're oh, actually yes. on 156 mm-hmm. in Amsterdam. Gotcha. And so there were no bookstores in the community mm-hmm. uh, from east to west. And so we sort of canvassed uh, the community and saw that there was definitely a need for a bookstore and especially a black owned bookstore. So what I did was I started to visit all the Black-owned bookstores in our um, surrounding communities, Liberation Bookstore, Miss Una, Mm -hmm. uh, Black Books Plus, uh, Glenville and Johnson down on 94th and Amsterdam. Then we had Isis and 125th Street Mart. Uh, We didn't, and then my premise came from the Tree of Life on 125th Street. Oh, beautiful, yep, yep. Yeah, so... 
I sort of uh, brought that energy uh, from Tree of Life because at any given time, you will walk in Tree of Life, Dr. Ben, uh, Dr. Park, all those people sitting there convening uh, during current events. And just that energy alone was enough to encourage me to want to bring it uptown. And so that's how Sisters was birthed as a result of the energy that was already exuded in the community. Um, We needed that uptown. So I collaborated with them and and let them know that we're not competing. This is just an extension of who we are and what's needed in the community. And so that's how we were birthed. Uh, Excellent. Well, welcome. Welcome. Absolutely. And, and, but Night Watchman, how do you have a bookstore and you have no books? You got to have authors. Is that correct? <laughs> you uh, definitely need authors. Yes. <laughs> and we have one today for our show. So I, I think a filmmaker, writer and poet. She's a multi-hyphenate author, poet, ah. filmmaker, I think playwright, too. Mm. So you can only be talking about Kim Singleton. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So so what is this about? You also have a a book signing. Do tell. Yes. Well, my book, I Love My People, was officially launched on July 11th. So I had a celebration right here in Harlem at the Harlem School of the Arts. And I insisted that my publishing company engage a Black-owned bookstore, preferably Mm -hmm. preferably out of Harlem, to come in and sell the books. And we invited Uptown Sisters Bookstore to participate. So it was a great event. Um, I had a singing group called June E. Townsend Gospera. Uh, She has a unique sound. She combines opera with gospel and spirituals and she was excellent i also had um some professional actors uh, recite um portions of the book to the audience so it was just a phenomenal event it was all of our people together celebrating this book i love my people oh man i love that i love that and and now do tell me kim because i understand that i was doing a little appearance on this uh cable network mnn and you happen to be a producer for this dude, uh, Glenn Gilliam. Was that correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. It's your mother's favorite show. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, my mom is his number one fan. She would call me every Saturday and tell me about the episode that Glenn <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord well well you know what and glenn not to let you off the hook or whatnot because you know uh and i understand you, that's how you do it you do do charm folk <laughs> well look needless to say thank god for kim she's been holding it down i wish you guys could have been with me uh in the front lines of her uh, cheering section at the uh, be free awards at brick uh, as you know she's on multiple platforms brick she's up Bronx. She's obviously in Manhattan as well uh, as in Queens and uh, and in Jersey. Excuse me. And so, yeah, no, just um, she won three awards that night. I mean, just right. blew everybody away. It was amazing. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Very nice. Very nice. So, so, Kim, can you tell us a little bit about the book? 
Yes, I love my people. It's a book length poem that celebrates the resilience and beauty of Black people. It's just mm -hmm. one long poem, and it also has nostalgic pictures in there. So it's not just a poetry book, but you can also see some visual and some graphics. And it seems to go over well for people, you know, who have read it. They seem to really like the format. Mm, absolutely. And and you know what? I want to circle back to Jennifer. So, Jennifer, one of the things uh, in my quote-unquote government job, I work for the Upper Manhattan Empowerment Zone, right? Mm -hmm. and, and No, you there, don't. Uh, you used to. I right. said that. I, I, didn't I say that? You no, said no. work or worked? Worked. Okay, Listen, I didn't man, hear the, I didn't I hear use, the ED. I use <laughs> okay. proper English. Proper English. <laughs> okay, man. all right. Okay, so, I stand corrected. All uh, right, here you go. So <laughs> having, <laughs> having said that, uh, there was also a bookstore cited in there, and we're talking, of course, of U-Man Bookstore. Right, uh, and which did not, as you know, uh, cut the muster and is no longer there. So, uh, what do you think about the challenges now that bookstores face? And and I guess also in our community, is there even more of a challenge for them to survive and thrive? Most definite. Um, to be able to survive post COVID mm. uh, is phenomenal because that was total devastation for um, the bookstore industry, as well as our community not understanding that if we don't support the bookstores that do exist, we won't exist. Mm -hmm. uh, some years ago, there were about 300 Black-owned bookstores nationwide Today, we have about 143 Black-owned bookstores existing. Wow. And so to me, for the number of Black folk that exist in this country, that's, um, that's really unbelievable that we only have that uh, number of bookstores left owned by us. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen over the years is that our community actually doesn't get supporting what we have, what we own, because if you don't support it, we don't exist. Community mm -hmm, mm -hmm. itself is key in our existence. If you have a black owned business in the community, if black folk don't um, support it, our mm -hmm. money doesn't stay and build a community. We don't have a community. Yes, so yes. The, the premise of our businesses is not understood by us. Gotcha. Uh, if you don't support it, we don't exist. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's what our problem is in the community right now, is not understanding finance mm -hmm. and how our money, when it stays in our community, builds community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't exist unless there's a community. And, and we came from the premise of community of self. Everybody owned their own businesses. There was the barber, there was mm -hmm. the retailer, there was the, the farmers with the fresh food product. Uh, the churches were there. Everybody was there. That was our community. And it's slowly dissipating. Yes, yes, totally. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. And I'll, I'll have you, you, Kim, Jennifer, or even uh, you too, LL Cool G. Uh, so would you, would you say that one of the key factors in the demise 
of black business, small black business, has been integration? Well, I'll just, I'm just going to jump in to okay. say we have to have more black authors, I'm, I'm assuming. I can okay. imagine that, you know, just jumping on what Jennifer was saying, it's just a shame because we've probably never had more black authors. And, and that reduction, that was almost a halving of the number of bookstores that were in existence several years ago, as she, she mentioned. And it's just an unfortunate um, evolution. And obviously now that we're into obviously the digital age and, and the consumption of video on every level, um, yeah, the reading of books at the grade school level, I'm sure has diminished. And sadly, mm. uh, that's something that also needs to be reinvigorated. And I think Kim's book is gonna be one of those things that just shows you in whatever context, you've got these incredible, inspiring pieces, this content that people need to actually read as well as you know enjoy the way she presented it at her book launch. But yeah, it's really critical that people understand to Jennifer's point, the business side of building a business and keeping it in the community and having those dollars circulate. So, yeah, kudos. Gotcha. Yeah, and just to piggyback on uh -huh. what Jennifer said, I think, uh -huh. um, you know, integration, you know, everybody wants us to be a big melting pot, uh -huh. you know, but the melting pot doesn't necessarily benefit us as a people. Uh -huh. So I think we yeah. have to be intentional about supporting each other. Exactly. Um, and it's like Jennifer said, a lot of people don't understand the finances and how supporting black business uh, supports our community. That's why, you know, I'm doing a book tour, but I work with my publishing company and I say, what are the black bookstores in the area? Let's let's target them first so that they we can bring the sales to them. Um, mm -hmm. so you have to be intentional about it. You have to understand the impact that you make when you recirculate your dollars within the community. Beautiful. Uh, Night Watchman, what, what are your thoughts? What do you got to say? I agree. You're not coming out here with no, a one-liner. Go ahead, man. All right. Okay. So, all right. So, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get historical on y'all since since you're making me talk. The first black bookstore in the in in the U.S. was opened here in New York in the 1830s. And it was, remember, so this is pre-Civil War. Um, uh, New York was free. New York ended slavery in 1827. So Black people were free in New York City, but still under attack. And the bookstore was the place that you could get all the information about abolitionists, what was going on, all the publications. They were there. It was a reading room. shop but you can go there and there's a plaque on the wall it was um um started by david ruggles and that bookstore was also the safe haven for frederick Douglass when he escaped from slavery and came to new york so the bookstore has always been a place for us of safety of sharing of high-level conversations about how we take ourselves forward and I think that mission still exists today. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, 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 so, uh, 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 so Glenn, is this what, what uh, they give you at uh, Dartmouth? A nice little education about that? I didn't <laughs> learn any of that at Dartmouth. Thank <laughs> you very much. Sorry, uh, sorry that about that. The first time in 40 years, believe me, that's not being taught there. No. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, 
and, and Jennifer, from what I said in terms of the whole thing, in terms of integration and how we uh, black folks stop supporting our own, is that in a real, real, I, I think, challenge on some level, huh? Well, the difficulty that uh, I've uh, encountered during these past 23 years is uh, just having folk understand um, our plight as a people. Mm -hmm. uh, and more and more folk are getting it because more and more people are supporting. We have people that come from all over the world uh, for two Sisters Uptown Bookstore because they've heard about the work that we do. And um, as Night Watchman said, uh, we've created a safe space where we can come and converse about uh, our community, current events, how we need to establish amongst ourselves an avenue to move forward, not only in literacy, but just in our existence, because our community right now is uh, in need of us coming together as one to create a, 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 a motif so that we can figure this thing out. Um, mm. All of this going on in the community with mental illness and um, you know homelessness or whatever, that affects us directly as well as trying to create just the conversation piece around that. Because I think part of our healing process has to be we need to talk about it. So that's what occurs in Sisters. Folk may come to purchase a book, but we may end up, um, you know, just all conversing on, uh, you know, remedies. How are we go going to move from here in terms of what is needed in our community? How are we going to help our children? They're banning books. Mm. So that, that significance is, so why are you trying to take our history out of the equation when our history is what's going to free us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, there's so much that our ancestors have left in terms of our history that we, we the embrace of culture and history is so prevalent in, with us right now that I feel like if we can just get back to that, get back to basics in terms of who we are, what we've done, there's nothing that we didn't build in this country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once once we can just feel that in our spirit, you know, because folk are feeling hopeless and helpless and, you know, just don't feel like, you know, the, the self-worth is what it is. But if you just go back in our history as to who we are, it's in the books. It's It was depicted. They left that for us. Yes. And so I believe if we can find a way, and that's what we, we do at Sisters, we find a way to... In, uh, embrace our culture and our history so that we can feel good about ourselves again. Beautiful. And so that's, to me, I think literacy is the key in terms of our healing process today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, Kim, I mean, um, telling our particular stories, uh, remember it's, it's what, what is it? There is no black history. It's American history. American history. Exactly. So, so this erasure Where's it, why is this big, big fair? Is it because by 2035 or 2040, something like that, black and brown people will be the majority? Is that it? Yeah, I think I think there's fear uh, for people who are not of color. Um, they, you know, they just don't want to, I guess, 
have us reach our full potential. Mm. Mm. Um, I like what Jennifer said in terms of embracing our culture, because that's really what I Love My People, the book is about. I talk mm. about everything I love about our Black people, but I also inject some history in there. Okay. And I put it in a form of a poem where people can say it and be proud, you know, because mm. every other stanza, you know, you have to say, I love my people. And then you go into the next verse and you learn something. Um, but I think there's fear. Um, they try to erase the fact that we were enslaved. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you did it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying to act like it didn't happen yes um, yes yes you know, um and it's just people not wanting to take accountability of what happened and the damage that is done and if you don't hold yourself accountable for the damage that is done then you're not accountable for taking the action to repair it and i think that's what it is uh people want to hold on to the power hold on to the resources that we help build. And, you know, they're just being greedy and selfish. You know, um, okay. absolutely. So. And, and Kim, certainly financial services to, so you always had this passion in terms of writing and telling a story. So what did you just say, you know what? I'm going to do full time to vote, uh, work on my craft. Oh, it's happen. just interesting. I feel like, you know, sometimes God sets a path for you. Mm. I used to work in, I had a government job, well, a, a corporate <laughs> job. I was a corporate executive. Mm-hmm. And I used to work like, I don't think there was enough hours in the day wow. for how much I worked for someone else to the point where it affected my health. Oh. Um, and we as Black people, when we get in an arena and I, you know, they psych me out, making me think that I had to overachieve, mm, you know, mm. sometimes we kind of want acceptance, you know, we think it's a merit-based system, but it really isn't. So you mm. work, you work, you work, you work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, my mama used to say, you know, you'll drop dead and they'll get five, six people to replace you. Mm. So, um, and I always was creative on the side, but I never did it full time. I never thought about it. And then the pandemic hit, you know, I had some health challenges and you sit back and you say, okay, is this how I want to spend the rest of my life? Because each day is a gift. So, you know, I took my package and I said, I'm going to do my creative stuff full time because that's, you know, I want my voice to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so now that's what I did. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, of course, uh, Glenn, same thing with you. You know, you've always had this uh, uh, creative stroke in, within yourself as well and always focused on telling our story. So uh, w- I, I know that's always been calling out to you. And I commend you, my brother, for what you did in Harlem on West 143rd Street. So please tell us about how you've been able to really, really feel and nurture that part of you. Well, I, I just have to say, I mean, from what Jennifer and, and both Kim are saying, and, and from your premise about integration mm-hmm. having obviously a deleterious effect on the community, mm-hmm. uh, I always say I was born in the wrong era. I would have loved to have been actually, you know, born in segregated times just so I could enjoy that camaraderie and that 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 coalescing of the community and and just really, um, you know, thrive and flourish within you know a situation where we were really fighting. Uh, a common enemy. And, uh, mm. and I'll just say, more importantly, 
it's so interesting to hear about the concern of numbers for minorities being such that that we overtake quote unquote the majority when we haven't been above 13 percent i can't remember the last time somebody quoted the black population above 13 percent in over 30 years i mean it's just it's insane it's like we're not growing i mean the latin community has grown the asian community has grown but the black community seems to be stuck on 13. that's another story um i think you know the, the important part of what you're saying and, and why it's uh, valuable for me and why i take so much inspiration from what kim's been doing on so many levels uh and and uh, you know kudos to jennifer for for uh continuing the fight and sticking it out is you know we think i mean i've been an advocate for althea gibson and for what i call the legacy of contribution on all levels but within tennis there were so many people who thought that if i elevate althea other people get diminished or other platforms get diminished that's not true um you know all these things lift all boats when i speak about althea i talk about hbcus and the sorority that she belonged to aka's mm -hmm. and the fact that she was more than just a tennis player but the ata which i had the pleasure of actually bringing some trophies from one of the founders of the ATA, the American Tennis Association, uh, who happens to be a Dartmouth graduate, Talon mm. Holmes Jr. Um, so being able to take that information back to this PWI and have these people embrace this incredible history that many didn't know um, elevates a lot of things. What's important about what you mentioned in integration is we didn't say we wanted integration followed by gentrification. That mm. is a consistently um uh troubling situation because harlem may not be harlem in 20 years um sadly mm -hmm. brooklyn is definitely not the brooklyn i i lived in uh back mm -hmm. in the 80s and early 90s um you can't find <laughs> unfortunately our people uh in parts of brooklyn that used to be uh thriving with mm -hmm. black talent so you know we've got to be as, as jennifer has spoken to and, and kim as well we just have to be uh, intentional, uh, as Kim mentioned, about not only moving the legacy forward, because that's the other part. History is critical. Mm -hmm. um, the funny thing, talking about books and bookstores and, and libraries, for, for uh, uh, in other words, I used to hear about Timbuktu as the butt of a joke. Mm. Timbuktu was the seat of learning, was a library that was the most uh, important uh, in its time. And sadly, we've you know we've discounted it because uh they say the oral history that africa rests on is not relevant or is not as real as the chronicled history there's chronicled history whether it's on the walls of a of a a tomb or a a, a pyramid or you know uh, however it's conveyed it's not just the griot stories but those are relevant and they matter and we have to put value on that Black history is not valued in this country because you don't have to, as an educator, pay for those materials. They're only given to you if you ask for them and there's no charge. So we have to put a value on these books. We have to put a value on our history and we have to hold the gatekeepers accountable, which is really what I'm trying to do in whatever small way I can, because we can't just build our own. We also have to hold accountable the folks who are denying us access and opportunity. Beautiful. And, and you know what? Uh, Glenn and Bob, both Dartmouth alums, during your four years while you were there, 
were their authors, black authors, invited to speak, invited to, you know, participate and share their stories, ideas, and so forth. Do oh, tell. absolutely. I mean, we had um, Sonia Sanchez, one of our greatest poets, uh, uh, come up regularly. We we, we had, um, you know, we... We were not bereft of of black culture and talent, even up there in 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 in, in the pine woods of, of New Hampshire. I mean, we had a very uh, good black history program. Um, we had um, Andrew Young came to the campus. Um, um, we had a great um, a music professor who really gave us the um, ethnomusicology going back to Africa and connecting with jazz and really, really opening our eyes to to that side of our culture. So, um, you know, it wasn't that we weren't getting, you know, some of the education because it was in the 70s. And so there was an there was an imperative when we came in. Uh, I think the years prior to us had kind of opened the doors and had set things up. So I think we were there at a very, very good time. Um, unfortunately, we're at a place where the pendulum is swinging backwards. I, 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 I found it ironic about uh, Glenn talking about, uh, you know, living in segregated times. And it's like, be careful what you wish for, because they're trying to bring them back. <laughs> and if you go to Florida and Texas, they're really, really trying to bring them back. So um, I think that it, it it's incumbent upon us to really assess, you know, what the value is of our culture, of our, um, our literary heritage. I mean, we've had great, great um, authors who have led the way, you know, the J.A. Rogers, you know, we've had all the work from John Henry Clark and, and uh, Professor James Smalls and um, uh, Michelle Alexander, Ta-Nehisi Coates. You know, we ha we, we've got great, great work that's been done and continues to be done. Um, our challenge is that we need to continue to create spaces like this where we can have these conversations to support and elevate um, the authorship and, um, and documentation of our history. Um, uh, so that's, that's, it's, it's more critical than ever right now because of the tenor in the country and the normalization of of racism that we're seeing right now um, and the gaslighting, you know, to, uh, oh, for example, the, um, the weaponization of the word woke which came from <laughs> consciousness. You know, we used to say, well, you're conscious. Then they kind of said, well, let's just say woke. And yeah. it was a nice way to just say, hey, you know, because we do want to be awake. You don't want to be asleep. Um, yes. And somehow the right has managed to seize it. They're so they're so yeah. incensed that we actually have the temerity to not just sit there and idly uh, sum our fingers while all this starts going down. And so they weaponize the word woke. And we have to be mindful of the tactics that yes. that are being used against us. We're smart enough to, you know, to reverse engineer these things, but we have to continue to have these conversations on our side and and just not stand for it. Absolutely, yeah. That, I, that I, just, just, I just want to chime, yeah, just mm -hmm. chime in quickly, going because one of the uh, important leaders for me that thankfully spoke at Dartmouth was Gil mm -hmm. Noe, mm -hmm. And the sad part is 
Gil Noble, may he rest in peace. Yes. His family is fighting, has been fighting with Disney for decades now, okay, mm-hmm. to own his content, what he created. Wow. So mm-hmm. being denied the opportunity to have that important archive stored someplace that will share it, you know, and, 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 and disperse it amongst, you know, all people. But the bottom line is, and, I, and I'll just say for Dartmouth's uh, sake, I, I went back for the first time since I graduated. And one of the reasons is because they've gotten so uh, uh, immersed in diversity. They've made uh. a lot of strides to improve that aspect. And I'll just say, while we were enjoying some of those fruits from previous uh, classes, uh, because I can't even believe 10 years before I was there, it was not co-ed. I mean, that's... Wow. Wow. Um, Interesting. I, and, and I take some special pride in the fact that my cousin was one of the first women that matriculated there, Lorna Hill, who mm. created the Black Underground Theater and Arts. Uh, to, that's something that I, I believe uh, a, Kim, a Kim Singleton would have been, you know, so immersed in uh, had she been there. That is something that has launched people like Shonda Rhimes and Aisha Tyler, who both participated in that that, that group uh, while they were there. Obviously, people who are much more well-known now, but the critical part is, unfortunately, the systemic and institutional oppression that has been put in policy and law that has continued to uh, hold down the ability of the collective to be uplifted is what we continue to fight uh, against, and, and that's problematic. Overturning affirmative action that is is going to try and gut as much as we've improved on diversity and inclusion. Those teams, those departments can be thrown away. They can be cast aside if things like overturning affirmative action is allowed to stand. You know, so we, we've got a lot of work to do as always. But uh, this is like Bob says, it's critical that we gather here and in other spaces as often as possible to discuss really important things. And we also have to recognize the pattern that's going on, that when you see what's going on with the Supreme Court uh, decision attacking affirmative action, when you see what's happening in the South with with critical race theory, which is just nonsense, uh, it's just a term, you know, they like to rally around a, a, a coin phrase that no one understands, but what it really means is let's get rid of black history, let's get rid of uh, the truth, let's get rid of black culture. And and eliminating affirmative action basically is to eliminate the opportunity for talented black people to go to a, a college or university, learn and continue the scholarship of our history. And so this is all this is all um it's a it's a it's a plan. It's it's they're executing um an offense against us. And then, so we have to not be complacent about it and realize we're we're kind of in a war mode right now. <laughs> uh, so, Jennifer, in terms of audio books, now, as a uh, owner of a uh, bookstore, is there any opportunity in that space to a get revenue and feature feature black voices within audio books? Tell me. It's interesting that you ask because the amount of energy that's there presently is um, low. Mm. So it's something that we'd have to build, and I believe it's attainable. Okay. 
it needs to be built and supported. Uh, mm. See, so that's why these conversations are essential because we need to come together in terms of what do we need? And then once we establish what we need, then how do we support that? Yes. yes. You see, with, you know, audio. So mm. the only folk that will ask for audio are some of our seniors who are having uh, sight difficulties or mm, mm -hmm. can't get out or folk who are driving to work long distances or whatever, and they want to listen mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's it. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would, you know, that would be a challenge as it is. Uh, my, my specialty is African-American history and authors. And mm -hmm. so when you specialize, you know, you place yourself, uh, sort of in, a, in an area where if you don't create a way to stay alive and, and get supported mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, because it's special. Yeah. I don't think our history is special. I think our history is essential. Yes. And so that's why I do what I do because I grew up in Georgia and there was no depiction of anybody looking like me in books when I grew up. Mm -hmm. So I, I just thought that you know, I grew up feeling invisible. So to see us now, so many authors writing books and especially children's books, because we have to start at the base and that's our babies. And so now for them to be able to see themselves in living color in books written to, from, and by us is just uh, phenomenal to me because it didn't exist um, when I was growing up. And so I'm gonna continue the plight of our history. And as long as I uh, you know, have breath, because that's my mission, that's my assignment. And so we have to find a way to support us. Yeah, yeah. We won't do this without us. That's ab absolutely true. And yeah, and you know what, uh, here goes a little shameless plug. Uh, so, so my wife, Karen Murray, is a voiceover actress and who does what? audio books. So, yes. And, and, and she did so a couple of ones. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to make sure that the, the whiteness of wealth, as mm -hmm. well as the, the 272, mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that they are at Sisters Bookstore. So if they're not already. Yeah, right. I just <laughs> say, that's the beauty of what Kim has written, what mm -hmm. she has presented. And once you see it live and recited, which is uh, hopefully that little video that uh, I was able to, to send you guys from her launch. What I mean, just what an amazing launch. Let me just say kudos to Kim. I know she um, had some, you know, some angst about it because it's her first book launch. It was an absolutely beautiful program. Uh, it just amazing between song and, but the recitation of these words. Uh, I know you're all familiar with Amanda Gorman and mm -hmm. she's done at the highest level. This book, this love letter that Kim has written is critical, especially for what Jennifer says, for the babies, for the young people to, you know, really embrace what, I mean, we all, I mean, the, the, the title says everything, of course. It's just so important right now with all of the challenges we're dealing with, you know, with the overturning of affirmative action, with, you know, burning of books, with critical race theory being under, obviously, all types of uh, uh, stress. The bottom line is, and, and that's the other part I just wanted to say quickly, that whole thing that Bob talked about as far as being woke, it's really sad when our own, like I have to say, a brother who I love, Chris Rock, has unfortunately partnered with some of his white counterparts, you know, Bill Maher, to name one, 
to actually try to diminish uh, that progressive uh, strain that has been clarified as or classified as woke. Uh, it's really sad when our own start taking shots um, and, and trying to you know, proliferate some nonsense that we all continue to have to fight against. But we need to have Jennifer sitting at a table with, like you say, business leaders, with folks who are and, and, and content creators like Kim to talk about. Because if there were five or six more black bookstores in Harlem, I'm sure that wouldn't uh, be upsetting to Jennifer. She has a lane. She has a, 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 a um, as she's talked about, um, a, a gift for talking about what's critical to not only her, but to our community. We don't, we don't need to, to diminish others in order to uplift. We need to have half dozen more bookstores in Harlem, in lower Manhattan, in Brooklyn, in Queens. Uh, those things would help elevate all. And that's something that I think is just vitally critical. And you guys, thank you for your platform for doing it. But um, yeah, get to, get to the video on uh, on Kim's uh, launch. It was absolutely stunning. Okay, nice, nice. And, and, and Kim, I also want to talk to you about the fact that you work in multiple media, which I yeah. think is so important now. You know, we make, re mentioned the importance of Gil Noble. And um, so tell us a little bit about just how you decide to... Um, place your energy in different media. Tell us how that evolved. Well, um, you know, I've always been a lover of black art and culture. Um, and even when I was working in corporate America, um, you know, I always dabbled in it a little bit. I, I love old black and white movies that mm. feature people of mm -hmm. color in it. Um, and as I was being consumed by my day job, by my corporate job, I, I needed a lifeline to what my passion was. Um, so I started, it, it just so happened, you know, like I said, God lays a path out for you and you don't even know it. So mm -hmm. the Manhattan Neighborhood Network is where I started my show, was mm -hmm. a block away from my corporate job. <laughs> and so I would work to eight or nine um, and then I would go over to the studio at nine o'clock, take the last slot and take my show. My show is considered a black lead and it features African-Americans up front and behind the scenes and on stage and in film and on television. Nice. And, nice. Um, you know, I always felt like it's important to get our voice out there. And media is very powerful in our community. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important for creators and people like you to have these platforms and talk about things and put it out there. Um, and we have to support each other. I always use the example of a different world, that TV show, if you guys can remember, mm -hmm. uh, when it was popular, our young people were, you know, were climbing the walls to get the HBCUs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now that reality shows are popular, everybody wants to fight. <laughs> Seriously, you know, I, I, you know, don't come for me. You know, I said what I said. <laughs> just calm down. So, um, you know, that example in itself just tells us that we really need to be vigilant about putting, you know, our voices out there, creating um, visuals of who we are as a people in a positive light. 
Um, so that's, you know, why I, you know, that's why I do the creator thing. You know, I, I've done films and everything doesn't have to have a happy ending. Um, mm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's important to show the resilience of who we are, no matter what we go through. So, you know, that's kind of why I do it and, and why I have my my television show and podcast and why I wrote I Love My People. Mm, excellent. Um, what, what things in terms of tell me about conscious in terms of uh, that particular story about the uh, black poet living with HIV? Yes, um, it conscious was a you know, and it got a lot more accolades than I thought it would do. <laughs> Um, you know, it was a poet. I wrote it because it was a way for me to incorporate some of my other poetry into um, aspects of art. But Conscious was a poet um, who um, contracted AIDS, and it was. And I wrote it years ago, back when you know many people and people are still like to ashamed to say that they have AIDS or HIV positive because of the stigma that goes along with it. Um, And basically this poet, you know, was in a loving relationship with a woman and did not tell her. Mm. Um, So, um, you know, eventually she found out accidentally and they had to deal with it in their relationship. And at the end, you know, she ends up supporting him. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the theme is just, you know, don't be ashamed to put your stuff out there because other people are, you know, maybe going through the same thing. And the people who love you will love you and support you. Um, yes. You know, ended up being a beautiful piece. Um, it was uh, produced by uh, the New Jersey uh, Creative Arts Collaborative uh, in 2019. No, 2020, because it was during the pandemic. They did it virtually. It mm. also was selected at the New York Theater Festival and it was produced on stage. And uh, I had wrote it so long ago, uh, <laughs> used to have this um, wrap it up competition where you submitted short scripts um, and it was one of the top 10 finalists. So I'm very proud Congrats. of this work, yes. Nice, nice. Uh, Night Watchman. Yeah, I'm gonna try and see if I can um, bring that video up. Hold on okay. a second. Okay. Okay, let's see what we Solomon Harper, Sarah uh, Moon, and Elijah McCoy. Black inventors made devices that all could employ. The oil drip cup, ironing board, hot curlers for your hair, refrigerated trucks, traffic lights, and even the folding chair. We have conceived and created on technology's behalf, including a technique for eye surgery by Dr. Patricia E. Bath. I love my people. <laughs> Venus and Serena brought crowds to the stands, earned their place in history with multiple grand slams. Bringing strength and speed, we excel in sports. We are also game changers like Tommy Smith and John Carlos. With gold and bronze medals obtained with pride, raise their fists in the air for black power worldwide. From the field sidelines, Kaepernick took a knee to bring the attention to police brutality. I love my people. Wow. Right. Powerful wow. Stuff. Powerful stuff. Uh, all right. Props, props, props. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, yes, Night Watchmen. Uh, that was quite, quite powerful. Kim, 
Oh, yes. Love it. Solid what we got going on? on? Okay. <laughs> uh, Encore? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> The AI is it's taking right over. <laughs> <laughs> That's how powerful that black culture is. You can't stop it. I know. You can't shut it down. It wants to come back. Yep. Yes, yes. It's not a theory. <laughs> guys, I just want to ask you, can you guys set up shop? Is it possible to set up shop at the bookstore? Can you do a, a show from the store? Uh, yes, it is possible, yes. Okay. I mean, because I, I would love to. Uh, I have not yet had the pleasure of being at the store. I'm excited about uh, checking it out and i just think you know that's just a positive and powerful backdrop uh, mm -hmm. to have a conversation about how we increase you know the uh the the the, the size and the, and the nurture of uh of uh this important just maybe the most critical business in the community um you know next to our our, our schools and that's really at the heart of all of this the, the, the abandonment of the public school system is, is at the base. The abandonment of vocational training, uh, you know, just the abandonment of anything, uh, as Curtis was talking about, post-integration, those were the things that were taken away. Those were the things that were left at the side of the road, sadly. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where we have to reinvest, you know, and get the corruption out of politics. The mere fact that politics is a dirty word because of all the corruption and greed in it, uh, we, we just got a lot of work to do. And, and thankfully, some people like Dimension and, and now some others are starting to put lawsuits on purveyors of bad media like Fox, who've been a destructive force. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. And, and, and Jennifer, uh, has there been any, let's say, engagement with the uh, with DOE regarding what you do and, and maybe making sure that maybe even young people within the, uh, the DOE system can actually visit and know Sisters Uptown Bookstore? Well, over the years, uh, yeah, we've uh, had sort of a relationship and it's actually come from uh, the individual uh, educators, mm. not the system itself. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Some of the teachers will find out about the work that we do and, and we come and partner. We had a lady from... Um, who was the literacy coach uh, at um, Bank Street. Mm. And so she would bring um, children uh, over to the store. We would invite children's authors and, um, you know, music and drumming to, you know, just in, uh, show them about uh, Black history. And that went on for years. But overall, to have an established re relationship with DOE, has not occurred. I've attempted, you need a vendor's license, you need this, you know, trying to tear through the layers um, hasn't been an easy assignment. And then you have to wait so long to get paid if you're one of the, uh, I'm really, true. yeah, yeah. Cause you know, most vendors will, you know, will have 30 days to pay for the book. The DOE will take 90 days uh, to pay wow. you. So. Wow. Yeah, you know, so I sort of, uh, you know, that's not one of my top books I try to do. Well, well, well I, uh, Jennifer, I can say that uh, Curtis Archer, the other personality that I know, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he, he will definitely work with you to see how we can maybe cut through some of that red tape, okay? 
Yay. Hold them, too. Hold them. Wow. And I would love for you um, to come up to the space so that we could continue this embrace because I think that's um, what's going to be essential. We're all talking about how we need to do more collaborative and come together. So to me, that would be the start. And then the, the fact that um, our businesses are able to stay afloat for longer than five years, because they told me initially, if you make it five years, you're in. So 23 years to me, we're now, we're a little more yes. than a bookstore. Yes. So I would love for you to come and just um, embrace the, the energy and the culture in the space. Consider it done, uh, Jennifer, because I think the last time I actually uh, saw you, I saw you at one of the uh, events that was at the Schomburg. That was one. But also, <laughs> I saw you emblazoned on my screen uh, with What's Eating Harlem. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right. So, so uh, kudos, major, major. And uh, Night Watchman, what you got for us, man? Well, we don't have a lot of time left, but I think we should probably go around and just uh, give people an opportunity to make some closing statements. You know what? Uh, that sounds like a plan. Okay, so you know what? Uh, as a matter of fact, Jennifer, let's even start start with you because I a people need to know exactly where uh, <laughs> Sisters Uptown Bookstore is and also how they can get in touch with you. Go. Uh, we're located at 1942 Amsterdam Ave. We're right on the corner of 156th Street. Uh, our number is 212-862-3680. We can be uh, reached also um, Sisters Uptown Bookstore at yahoo.com. We're on Facebook, nice. um, Sisters um, Uptown Bookstore.com, and uh, Instagram, all those avenues my daughter Corey who actually manages the store mm. uh, is the person who um, is my right hand she Beautiful. was the person who um, was at Kim's event and she just is still talking about you Kim she's just <laughs> magnificent um, the way your presentation uh, went forth so uh, just come and see us we're, we're open to right now, Tuesday through Saturdays, post-COVID. Um, so uh, our hours of operation are from 12 noon to 6 p.m. And, and come see us. We'd love to have you. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say the best for last, okay? So I'm going with you, Glenn. Go ahead. What, 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 do you, what do you got for us, buddy? What a surprise. Well, let me just say uh, two things. One, thank you and Bob, as always for extending your platform to Kim and to Jennifer uh, and allowing me to, to be involved here. Um, you know, I, I hope I have some exciting news. Obviously, I've been, since we did the, the, the Harlem Street co-naming last year, um, mm -hmm. I've been presenting a proposal for an Althea Gibson Day. Um, we look like we're going to get at least two proclamations from Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine. Nice, I'm, nice. Putting, I'm putting that out there pre him signing off on it but i think uh, i think it's something he participated in our event last year and uh and and mina white who was with him um, oh yeah they did an excellent job yeah and uh, and and queensboro president uh, donovan richards we have a meeting with his uh, director of culture um and we believe we're going to get a proclamation from him but uh and i'll just say once again 
uh, seeing what what kind of legacy we have within just the sport of tennis uh, from the ATA to watching Chris Banks break through at Wimbledon. Um, those things need to be not just highlighted, but need to be put in the context of the history. And, and I'll just say, as much as I love Kim, how did you miss putting Althea Gibson in your book? What happened with that? I don't know how it happened, but anyway. That's for the next volume. That's that's the next. We got a children's book that's going to be coming out. I'm sure it'll work its way in there. Anyway, love you, Kim. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, thank you. You got it, my man. So, Kim, t do tell us. T tell us a because people, inquiring minds, want to know how do we get in touch with you. What are you working on? What are you, some of your last thoughts? Okay, so right now my focus is on my book. I'm actually doing a tour. Um, nice. I love my people. Is available on all major book platforms. But Love like it. Gust, I really want to be people to be intentional about reaching out to your Black-owned bookstores in your area. You all have heard from Sisters Uptown Bookstore, but you know around the country they are the bookstores thriving in your communities or need your assistance and need your support. So my major thing is right now book tours. Um, I encourage people to buy multiple copies. It is a gift book. People ah, are it nice. as gifts for mm -hmm. other people. And before I got my publishing deal, I didn't realize that there was a whole market for that. <laughs> I do want young people to get it. I do want pe young people to learn it and recite it. Mm -hmm. uh, I want it to be a poem that people recite from years to years to come. And I want them to recite it with a sense of pride. I want mm. them to recite it and be like, you know what? I love my people. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I have people saying I love my people and uh, tagging me and holding up the book and they do it with such pride and I feel like my work is done because of that. So it's I starting. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, Night Watchman, would you like to take us home? Um, I'm home already. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to So Loud Primetime on WACR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem, also live streaming on YouTube and Facebook. And you can find us on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, let's see, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Ask Alexa about us, Ask Siri, ask them all for the latest <laughs> So Lounge Primetime episode. We want to thank your, our guests for joining us. We thank you for the work you do. And yes. you can always find us on Monday evening. Ah, exactly. So what? Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys have been fantastic. So as a matter of fact, will they be invi invited to the barbecue, Bob, or what? Uh, absolutely. Okay, there you go. Okay, there it is. But no potato salad. No potato salad say with it. raisins. No. Everybody, raisins. No one, raisins. Once more before we close out, I love my people. Show that book. Show that book. I love my people. No, you're supposed to repeat it. Oh, I love my people. I love my people. I love my people. There it is. There it is. All right. 